Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you give them a call. The website is johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. <clears throat> Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific program for you today, including special guest Kathleen Pasadoma. She is our Florida State Senate President. We'll also visit with Boo Mortensen, former voice of Madison, Wisconsin. We'll also visit with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Left's Government. And my wife, Linda, will be joining us at the end of the show as well. <clears throat> it is September the 2nd, or excuse me, January the 2nd. Happy New Year. And on this day in 1980, in a strong reaction to December 1979 Soviet invasion of Afghanistan, President Jimmy Carter asked the Senate to postpone action on the SALT II Treaty, Nuclear Weapons Treaty, and recalls the U.S. ambassador to Moscow. These actions sent a message to the age of detente and the friendlier diplomatic and economic relations that were established between the United States and the Soviet Union during President Nixon's administration had ended. Carter feared that the Soviet invasion of Afghanistan, in which an estimated 30,000 combat troops entered the nation and uh, established a puppet government, would threaten the stability of the strategic neighboring countries such as Iran and Pakistan and could lead to the USSR gaining control over much of the world's oil supplies. The Soviet actions were labeled as serious threat to peace by the White House. Carter asked the Senate to shelve ratification talks on SALT II, the nuclear arms treaty that he and Soviet Premier Leonard Brezhnev had already signed, and the president called U.S. Ambassador to Moscow Thomas J. Watson back to Washington for consultation in an effort to let the Kremlin know the military intervention and Afghanistan was unacceptable. When the Soviets refused to withdraw from Afghanistan, America halted certain key exports to the USSR, including grain and high technology, and boycotted the 1980 Summer Olympics, which were held in Moscow. The United States also began to covertly subsidize anti-Soviet fighters in uh, Afghanistan. During Ronald Reagan's presidency in the 1980s, the CIA secretly sent billions of dollars to Afghanistan to arm and train the Mahajin uh, rebel forces that were battling the Soviets. The tactic was successful in helping to drive out the Soviets, but it also gave rise to the oppressive Taliban regime and Osama bin Laden's al-Qaeda terrorist net network and organization. In 1980, Jimmy Carter lost the presidency to Ronald Reagan, who favored a more aggressive anti-communist foreign policy. Reagan dubbed the USSR the evil empire and believed it was America's responsibility to save the world from Soviet repression. He dramatically increased the U.S. defense spending and ramped up the nuclear arms race with Soviets, whose faltering economy ultimately prevented them from keeping pace. The Soviet Union collapsed in 1991. That's the history of Afghanistan. Isn't it interesting? And then uh, we decided to jump in after the Soviets uh, without much success. In fact, a pretty startling, startling uh, failure under uh, Biden. <clears throat> well, markets closed down slightly on Friday, but set uh, to begin a trading uh, today near record highs. The stock market was closed yesterday to celebrate New Year's. Uh, 2023 prevented plenty of reasons to pop bottles, 
uh, provided plenty of reasons. Global stock markets had their best year since 2019, and all three major indexes finished the year higher than they started, with tech companies' gains pushing the NASDAQ up the most, about 45%, 43%. Amazing year last year. Right now, the futures are down, so it doesn't look like an auspicious start for 2024. Well, if you're a football fan, or even if you're not, this is pretty interesting. The number one Michigan Wolverines faced off against the number two Washington Huskies in Washington's uh, college football's national championship Monday. That's uh, the 8th at 7.30 p.m. Each team won their respective semifinals last night. It marks both teams' first appearance in the title game and first playoff win since the playoff format began in 2014. The Wolverines beat the uh, Alabama number four. Uh, 27 to 20 in overtime. What an exciting game! And just the third overtime game in the 10-year playoff history. Uh, star quarterback J.J. McCarthy led Michigan on a five on a game-tying fourth-quarter drive in the final minutes, finishing the game with 221 yards, three touchdowns, and no turnovers. The night's second game also came down to the wire. The Huskies holding off a final drive by the number three Texas Longhorns near the goal line to win 37 to 30. A high. Uh, Heisman finalist Michael Penix threw for 430 yards, two touchdowns, and completing a whopping 76% of his passes. So two great games. Didn't stay up for the last one, for the second one, but nevertheless, uh, the table is now set for the national playoffs on the 8th. Well, a 7.6-magnitude earthquake struck the western coast of central Japan yesterday, collapsing dozens of buildings and forcing thousands of residents to evacuate from their homes. A major tsunami warning, the country's first since a devastating 2011 tsunami that killed 20,000 and triggered a nuclear disaster, was implemented by eventually lifting without incident. Roughly 80 aftershocks hit the country throughout the day. 7.6 magnitude. At least four deaths were reported from the quake, while officials warned of more potential seismic activity in coming days. That's happening in Japan. Israel's Supreme Court struck down a key piece of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu's judicial reforms yesterday, ruling 8-7 to against an amendment that would have barred the court from overturning laws found to be extremely unreasonable. Boy, that's kind of fluffy language, isn't it? Part of a package that supporters said would return power to lawmakers. The, just, the changes sparked widespread protests across Israel from January up until October the 7th after uh, attack by Hamas. Opponents argued the reforms undercut Democrat institutions in the country, putting judges under the control of politicians. Separately, the Israeli military will begin its first drawdown of forces since the current conflict began, removing thousands of troops from central Gaza and shifting focus to the southern city of Khan Yonis. In related news, the nearby Red Sea, where Iran-backed Houthi rebels have attacked commercial ships and increasingly becoming a regional flashpoint, U.S. Navy helicopters sank three Houthi vessels over the weekend, killed the people inside, and while reports suggest Iran repositioned a warship in the, in the waters on Saturday. So the Red Sea is looking like another hot spot uh, around the world. Well, President Donald Trump wouldn't let New Year's pass without trolling Joe Biden. On Saturday, he unleashed one of his signature social media posts broadsiding the embattled president, whose approval rating is so low you'd have to dig it out of the basement to find it. 
As the New Year fa- uh, year fast approaches, I would like to wish an early New Year salutation to Crooked Joe Biden and his group of radical left misfits and thugs on their never-ending attempt to destroy our nation through lawfare, invasion, and rigging elections. They are now scrambling to sign up as many of those millions of people that are illegally allowing in into this uh, country in order they be able to vote in the presidential election in 2024. Well, of course, they can't vote legally, that should, I should say. They could perhaps fill the seat or fill out the vote for someone who's died or is no longer in the, in the uh, state. But irrespective, uh, President Donald Trump sends his salu- salutations to Crooked Joe and his band of misfits and thugs. Well, Ohio's Republican Governor Mike DeWine, DeWine stunned state Republicans on Friday vetoing a House Bill 68, which would outlaw puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones for children and also prevent transgender athletes from participating in girls' sports. A review of donations from 2018 to 2023 reveals that the governor received over $40,000 from Ohio Children's Hospital Association, Cincinnati Children's Nationwide Children's Network, and ProMedica Children's Hospital. The Cincinnati Children's and Nationwide Children's Hospitals offer gender-affirming care, including puberty blockers and cross-sex hormones, and have no stated age limit guidelines for patients. <clears throat> this is just a, uh, horrible that uh, he was bought off for $40,000. In other words, he received donations, contributions for his campaign, $40,300 uh, from these organizations, and he obviously made a very poor decision. So it's always follow the money, isn't it, with politicians? It's so unfortunate. Well, uh, minimum wage goes up in 25 states. 22 states increased theirs yesterday. The lowest wage allowed in Montana is now $10.30, and it's $16 in New York, California, Washington. Workers in Florida, Nevada, Oregon, and D.C. will get a pay bump later this year. Meanwhile, the federal minimum wage hasn't budged from $7.25 since 2009, and it's a still baseline pay in 20 states. <clears throat> a little correction here. In my opinion, the minimum wage is zero. What happens is employers, once they realize that these minimum wages are put in place, have to make a decision about whether they're going to automate or can keep low-wage earners that can't provide more services to earn more money. So... Uh, Quite frankly, the minimum wage is zero, and it's, this is going to put lots of people out of work, unfortunately. You can't legislate prosperity. People in legislation should understand this. You can't legislate prosperity. Well, do you trust the fourth estate? And I'm talking about the press. A study from Syracuse University's Newhouse School of Public Communications has found that only 3.4% of American journalists are Republicans. The proportion of Democrats has grown to 36.4%, and the number of independents increased from 50.2% to 51.7%. While the already low Republican share of journalists has now been halved, those results are based on an online survey conducted in early 2022 with 1,600 U.S. journalists. At just 3.4%, the proportion of Republican journalists in America is alarmingly low, indicating a severe lack of political diversity in newsrooms. I'll say. Uh, Over 50 years ago, the first iteration of this study found that 35.5% of respondents were Democrats, 25.7% were Republicans, and 32.5% were Independents. 
<clears throat> and while surveys of journalists across the country and in local newsrooms provided a more bipartisan picture in the past, the national media's composition has been severely liberal since the 80s. These findings suggest that the fourth estate's partisan lean has become increasingly skewed towards the left in recent decades. The results from a Gallup poll conducted in November show that today's newsrooms are wildly out of step with general public, with only 3.4% of the journalists being Republicans. In contrast, independents make up the largest proportion of American population at 40%, followed by Democrats and Republicans at 29%. Yet many of these independents lean Democrat, given the study's findings that more than a third of journalists identify themselves as Democrats. Kind of interesting. Many independents that I meet, uh, when you talk to them about their views, they end up being uh, Democrats. They hold themselves out as independents, though. Moreover, an October Gallup poll revealed that trust in mass media is in re to report the news accurately, fairly, and completely to the public is at an all-time low. Only 32% of Americans have a great deal or a fair amount of trust in the media, uh, with 58% of Democrats and 29% of independents having confidence in the media. Only 11% of Republicans feel the same way. So do you trust the fourth estate? Well, if you don't, uh, you're in good company, according to this poll. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you visit the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, Kathleen Pasadena, our state senate president, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m., seven days a week. And now serving dinner, 4 to 8 p.m., Wednesdays through Saturdays, a terrific menu. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambos says the number one reason the elderly become victims is isolation. The Collier Senior Center goes a long way in keeping seniors connected with the community and with each other. The Collier Senior Center, located at 4898 Coronado Parkway in Golden Gate, provides comprehensive information regarding services and resources that affect the quality of life of older adults and their caregivers in Collier County, empowering them to maintain independent and meaningful lives. Here's Esther Lully, director of Collier Senior Center. 
everyone. Every senior is welcome. There's diversity there. It's vibrant. It's a caring atmosphere. So there's a reason we offer the services and programs that we do. We want to help enrich the lives of senior members and provide support to their caregivers. Want to find out more? Visit CallYourSeniorCenter.org. That's CallYourSeniorCenter.org. Or call the Collier Senior Center at 239-252-4541. That's 252-4541. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host... Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seat Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our Florida State Senate President, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us here on the show, and Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, too. Good morning. Good morning to you, Kathleen. Hey, I understand you're on your way to Tallahassee today. Yes, yes. We uh, we start session next week, so I'm uh, headed up there to meet with staff to go over bills that need to be filed, um, governor's priorities, speaker's priorities. Mine have already been filed for a while and already been heard, so it's going to be a very hectic week. I understand about a thousand bills under consideration. How many are going to actually make it to the floor? Um, I'd probably say between two hundred and fifty and three hundred max. Wow! You so, know, then there's a lot of honestly a lot of stupid bills. There's a lot of good bills, but a lot of bills that are just statements by somebody who knows they're not going to be heard. Yeah. Um, and and that's okay, but but it's a waste staff time, unfortunately. Absolutely. So one bill that stood out to me is I was reading through Florida Voices. Uh, one of the bills is a plan to deregulate public schools. Uh, so I wonder if you could elaborate and tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Um, you know, basically, we have um, we, we have different standards for private schools and, and uh, charter schools in terms of certain regulations, red tape. <clears throat> Not educational uh, requirements or outcomes or whatever, but it's a lot of a lot of red tape dealing with with uh, from things from school buildings to uh, certain certifications and all kinds of things like that. Our <coughs> regulatory framework book for the traditional public schools is about four inches thick. Wow! And so I had staff go through it last summer to identify duplicative regulations or um, regulations that don't do anything, that don't, don't apply anymore. And we've come up with three bills. Basically, um, we started with 150 suggested um, deletions from statute. We, I think we're ending up with around 80. Um, and none of them affect school safety, again, or, or uh, outcomes or requirements. But, you know, th- even some of, the, some of the common core stuff's still in there. So we, uh, you know, that bill is making its way through, and it's going to go to the floor um, next week or the week after. I'm really excited about that because it, it levels the playing field. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think we should do that. I think we should, uh, every parent should have the right to send their, their child to the school of their choice, but, not, but they don't necessarily have to be a private school or a charter school because now the money falls to the student. So why not give the public schools the ability to compete with the privates and the charters 
because um, they already have the infrastructure. Well, that certainly makes sense. And uh, anytime you say deregulation, it's music to my ears, quite frankly. <laughs> I thought of you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, it, it's unfortunate that we spend so much time on needless regulations. And I'm sure when you comb through the, the, all that book of regulations, four inches thick, I think you said, my goodness, it, <clears throat> there must have been a lot of things that are just so outdated and, exactly. and exactly. so cumbersome to the people who are trying to administer, uh, attend to keeping the law, but uh, also spending it needlessly doing things that don't matter. You know, particularly what's really crazy, and, and we're going to take a look at that over the next couple of years, um, are state agencies. And um, it, it seems that any time we pass a bill, we put in a provision. And every year, the agency, the, the organization, whatever, was, shall re, uh, do a report to the governor, the president, the speaker. Nobody reads them. Mm -hmm. So we need to look at the ones that are truly necessary as opposed to ones that are just, you know, do a report. Because to do these reports, it takes staff time, sure. which costs money. So, um, you know, we're going to take a look at that over the next couple of years as well. Yeah, I forget. If, maybe this is Florida, but uh, I, as I understand it, there's one state that is requiring now recertification of the union. Is this Florida? I, I forgot now. But uh, we do, we do, we do. Um, based on uh, the number of people who sign up and whatever, we passed that bill. Oh, I don't know, maybe about five years ago. So it there's one state, and maybe, I don't know if it's Florida or not, but one state, uh, apparently there's not enough union members to allow the union to continue, so they have to recertify, and it doesn't look good for the union. Well, we have that in our statute, but I think they have, uh, they, I think they have enough members. I, I haven't really focused on that. That's not my area of, of uh, right. um, at this point. Uh, this, uh, there's other things, for example, uh, no business with NewsGuard like companies engaging in censorship. Uh, this is another bill that's been proposed. Apparently, it's got enough uh, traction to be at least been printed by the Florida Voices. Any comments? Um, I, you know, that bill comes up every year. Um, I, you know, the devil's in the details on that. You know, it's up to the committee chair whether they hear that or not. There's, there's um, some pushback from the press, of course, and, mm -hmm. and the like. But... But, you know, it's like everything. It just needs to go through the process. That's not one of my priorities. My priorities are, as you and I discussed, the school dereg, uh, and then our live healthy, which we've talked about as well. And we have talked about it, and it's really pulling for you. I think it's a uh, great uh, attempt to bring in new people and bring in uh, more exactly. healthcare workers to, to keep us healthy here in the state of Florida. Exactly. Well, Kathleen, I just really appreciate uh, your coming on the show, and I hope you have a great trip to uh, Tallahassee. And furthermore, I just hope you have a great New Year. Thank you so much for joining us. You too. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortens. We'll find out what's new with Boo. She's the former voice of Madison, Wisconsin. She had a radio show up there. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Are you looking to buy or sell a home? 
Make it a convenient and stress-free experience by calling the dynamic and trustworthy husband and wife team of Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties. Find out about their unique and complimentary post-closing concierge services not offered by other area agents. Matt and Megan Chionis give you the competitive advantage to command a premium price for your property. They personally attend all showings, create a marketing strategy for your property, and offer that complimentary concierge service to your potential buyer. This hands-on approach has helped them set several sales records in Pelican Bay and many at near-record prices. Megan and Matt Chionis understand that as an affluent buyer-seller, your needs and desires are unique. You deserve this level of service. Megan and Matt Chionis are passionate about the Naples lifestyle and they want you to enjoy it too. Call Megan and Matt Chionis with Gulf Coast International Properties at 239-269-5310. That's 239-269-5310. Do you have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The Confident Retirement Approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host... Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Tim Garrett, candidate for Collier County Supervisor of Elections. Tim's a 33-year resident of Collier County, a military veteran, a retired sheriff's officer, and a graduate of the FBI National Academy. Tim stands for Safe, Secure, Ethical Elections in Collier County. Vote for Tim Garrett and check out his website, votefortimgarrett.com. Paid for by Tim Garrett, Republican for Collier County Supervisor of elections. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with uh, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now, it's time to find out what's new with Boo, Boo Mortensen, right here on the Paradise Coast. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure. Do you have a happy new year? I had a happy, happy new year. How about you? We did. I had a bunch of women over. We dressed in pajamas and ate Chinese food. <laughs> well, it sounds like and a fun... better than that. Yeah, we had a great time. Did you stay up till midnight? Are you kidding me? Nope. I think I was in bed by 11. <laughs> I beat you. I was in bed by 9.30. <laughs> oh, my heavens. Well, see, you can party hard and then feel great the next day if you go to bed early. That's exactly right, Boo. So what's well, on your mind today? Resolutions or uh, maybe at this age you don't do resolutions. Well, I t certainly reflect on uh, the previous year. That's one of the things I do on January 1st is reflect on how the previous year went and what was went well and what didn't, and then how can I improve on it in uh, 2024. So those are things that I think about. But, I, you know, I used to have very firm and clear goals. I have to say, I don't. If, as of right now, I don't have firm and clear goals going into the next year. How about you? No, no, I think it's interesting. When I was younger, I remember we'd all get together, we'd write our goals down, yep. and then the following year we'd review them to see what we did, what we didn't, then you make new goals. Now it's just my goal is 
staying alive. <laughs> That's a pretty darn reasonable goal, you know. Uh, I found that uh, as we age, uh, things, yeah, things uh, aging provides its own challenges, quite frankly. Uh, yes, as my old radio show partner used to say, we're all chipping and peeling. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it right. Is. But I've got to tell you something interesting that happened to me over Christmas. I was over in Fort Lauderdale. My son lives in a, a wonderful tree-lined uh, neighborhood, and I woke up Christmas Day, and and I woke up early, and there are fire trucks all over, there are cop cars all over, their lights are flashing, a lot of action in the street, and a home six doors down blew up because of a battery in the electric vehicle was left charged, was left plugged in, and the battery blew up. No kidding. Yes. Now, so I looked, and you know that electric vehicles, they they kind of hit a speed bump, so to speak, in sales. And yeah. a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're more, far more expensive than a gas-powered car. And the infrastructure to uh, charge the batteries is not as good as it should be. And so people are, are buying less of them. In fact, it takes a salesman three weeks longer to sell an EV than a gasoline vehicle. Hmm. But, I mean, a battery exploding? Well, that's, that's what happened actually during uh, uh, the uh, hurricane that we had here, Ian. Yeah, uh, a lot of, uh, in fact, even golf courts who are uh, battery powered uh, started to catch fire just instantaneously, and it was it was because of the dampness and the salt water, I believe. But this is the first time I've heard the car charging just blew no, up. No, I take this back. I take it back, Bob. It was not a car. It was a golf cart. Ah, the golf, the battery in the golf cart, the uh, rechargeable battery in the golf cart exploded yeah and set the entire cl uh, home on fire destroyed it destroyed it unbelievable yeah the, the, they're lucky the houses next to it didn't catch on fire the next door neighbor had his car parked out in the driveway and it incinerated the car no kidding. like you saw in lahaina yeah i mean the fire is <clears throat> raging hot um but i thought holy cow you know do a lot of these i mean you know we have cars in our building that are charging, their, where they're charging the batteries. Right. I'm thinking, do we have to worry about this? I think we do, frankly, Abu. I, I don't think we understand and know everything there are, and all the risks involved with electric vehicles. And, uh, you, know, you know, if you have to replace the battery in an electric vehicle, first of all, it could be up to $20,000 to replace the battery. <laughs> that's pretty, pretty discouraging. That's, uh, that's pretty darn expensive. But also the risks of fire, I think, are pretty substantial. And uh, there are f lots of, in fact, there's a, uh, there's a ship off of Alaska right now that has electric vehicles on it that's burning out of control and they can't contain it. So uh, how did that start? I have no idea, but it probably has something to do with, you know, dampness or... The battery, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the batteries. Well, uh, that for me was certainly um, an eye-opener, and I... And also, you know, the purchase of electric vehicles has to do with the state. You know, there are a lot more that are sold on the West Coast yeah. of the United States rather than where we are. Um, and a price has a lot to do with 
uh, people not wanting to buy it. But still, you know, you look at all these car companies, they're dedicating billions of dollars to uh, electric car development and electric trucks. If if the batteries are that unstable, I mean that's kind of freaky to me. It is freaky. Well, and I have no doubt that there's going to be some innovation over time to improve uh, electric vehicles. But that said, uh, my view is that I think the market was somewhat limited because people buying them as a second car. The problem with recharging them is pretty substantial. If you're using an electric vehicle as your primary transportation, what happens if you're uh, low on uh, fuel or low on your battery? And uh, you have no place to charge it. <laughs> it could create some real problems. So uh, you're I, out of luck. You better figure out how you're going to hitchhike home. I know, or call. Make sure your AAA can uh, <laughs> uh, tow, tow a, uh, a electric vehicle. So yeah, Boo, it's you, you raise a good point. So you know, the fact of the matter is that uh, the economy, uh, the consumer, should determine. Uh, how how much demand there would be for electric vehicles or anything for that matter, and to think that the government can somehow incent uh, this kind of behavior, it's just not happening right now. And as a consequence, we're wasting billions and billions and billions of taxpayer dollars. Well, I certainly agree. You know, at first you thought, okay, this is the wave of the future. Isn't this great? We're going to cut back on fossil fuels. We're going to be more environmental. Uh, I don't see that necessarily happening. I mean, they say that a quarter of all cars sold in California are electric vehicles. Uh-huh. But in Michigan, 3%. Well, so it's not, the cars are not universally embraced. No, and, and also the argument about climate change, as I understand it, a car has to be driven, and I'm talking about an electric vehicle, 70,000 miles before it breaks even on carbon emissions. In other words, actually the... Uh, because of the having to be fueled with electricity and the the uh, elements of the rare earth materials that are about developing the car, uh, that all has carbon em- uh, emissions. And uh, the consequence is you have to drive the car a long time in order for it to even break even uh, with uh, uh, on carbon emissions. Wow. Well, I uh, do you believe in global warming. Uh, I believe uh, temperatures change over time, and I think that that's happening. I don't think it has anything to do with carbon dioxide emissions. Do you? No, I don't. But I wonder if we're in the minority thinking like that. Maybe it has to do with cows. <laughs> well, that's the other thing right now. Now that uh, the, is it the CDC or the World Health Organization says that we need to eat less uh, meat, and therefore have to go to plant-based food and cockroaches and things like that. <laughs> it's just out of control. It's just insane. And, and frankly, carbon dioxide is plant food. Uh, if, if we uh, breathe out, we're uh, emitting carbon dioxide. Trees right. take it in. Trees, uh, the, through the process of photosynthesis, changes the carbon dioxide into oxygen. So it's a, it's a beautiful cycle that nature's created for us, and I think we should quit meddling with it. It's kind of like trying to build the tab- Tower of Babel. Yeah, but I think that you know a lot of countries are emitting such toxic fumes into the environment that you know you can't kind of can't keep up with it. Well, you know that's true, and uh, the fact uh, carbon dioxide is not uh, a toxic fume, but we need to get and we need clean water and clean air, so we need to make sure that with things like 
particulates in the air that are because of coal uh, plants and that kind of thing. Those need to be eliminated so that we can live healthy. We're going to make sure that our water's clean. But pretending that carbon dioxide is a problem, I think, is a joke. Yeah, yeah. You can see how complicated it is. It's also very a very divisive subject, along with everything else. Yeah. Well, uh, the the uh, thought police are trying to make sure that if you're thinking things like that, that <laughs> if you're thinking for yourself, you're a problem. So it's un- kind of yeah. unbelievable. Boo Mortensen. Well, you know what? Do do good things. Do good work. Be kind. Yeah. Be nice. Eat less meat. Yeah. Uh, don't use a lot of plastic. Uh, you know, everybody take just little baby steps. You know, at least you think you're helping the environment, and you know maybe it's. You know, where it's collaborative enough that you move the dial. Absolutely. Boo, I just really appreciate your comments here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us, and I hope you have a great trip next week. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Boo. Coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Two-thirds of parents prefer educational options for their children, with 40% strongly preferring options for their child's education. School choice is a growing movement, one that is already lifting thousands of kids across America. The Optima Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit corporation, was founded to support the establishment and expansion of superior quality schools of choice. Optima's goal was the successful launch of Hillsdale College Varney Charter School, Initiative Classical Academies, and other schools of excellence across the state of Florida, serving kindergarten through the 12th grade. The mission is to train the minds and improve the hearts of young people through a content-rich classical education in the liberal arts and sciences with instruction in the principles of moral character and civic virtue. In a terrific product of the process, Naples Classical Academy has already opened here in Naples. You can find out more by visiting the website Optima.Foundation. Help children in Florida optimize their educational opportunities. Visit www.Optima.Foundation. Do you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees? I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now I'll play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. You can find out more and get tickets to some great upcoming performances. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. 
Coming up, uh, we're going to be visiting with Linda Harden. Right now we have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us here on the show. Good morning, sir. Good morning. How's everything in Belize? It's spectacular, thank you. So it's been a weird weather. It's it's actually been chilly. I've slept with a comforter a couple nights, but but um, it's it's beautiful. Even though it's cloudy and cold, it's still nicer than where I. Well, yeah, nicer than where I was. That's for sure. Yeah, Texas. Well, well, we had some cold weather here as well. So, Seton, you wrote a piece called "Government Shutdown: Stop DC Scams." They can't have that. Maybe you could tell us about it. Yeah, that, that's one of the, of course, the many fascinating wrinkles of the downfall of the U.S. is this fetish with not shutting down the government, which is a constitutionally prescribed thing for Congress to do. Mm-hmm. They have the power of the purse. If the government is doing things that are unconstitutional or not to the elected populace's, li- the, you know, the populace's liking, they can shut down the government by not funding it that's the that's the preeminent power they have to stop unconstitutional actions in 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 dc in in the government and of course we fetishized this concept that you can't you can't shut down the government you absolutely cannot shut down the government the government cannot be shut down well again it's like we got to we got to help ukraine we got to keep ukraine up we got to got to help no one asks well, why? Yeah. When the government shut down, shuts down, what actually happens? Well, two-thirds of it doesn't shut down. Uh, more than that, actually. Um, it, it's a little fraction of things. It's, and, and, of course, the, the preeminent thought for me is the Founding Fathers never intended the government to be so big that everyone freaks the heck out if the government threatens to shut down for a day or a week or a month. The government was supposed to be an irrelevant portion of our existence and if it shut down for a day, a week, a month, or a year, no one would notice. That's basically what it was supposed to be. And so you say, okay, why? Why does it matter that this government doesn't shut down? It's because of all the scams that are running. Yeah. Um, uh, Ukraine, you can't stop not fun- you can't stop funding of Ukraine because all these scams are being run through there. Of course, for the military-industrial complex, because they're making all the weapons that we're now giving to, to Ukraine. So let's murder more people in an irrelevant border skirmish to make money for millionaires and billionaires in the United States. That's a good plan. Um, and, of course, Ukraine, they have to keep Ukraine going because it replaces it. it re- you know, one of the things Biden did right, he didn't execute it right, but he did it right, was getting the heck out of Afghanistan. Yeah. Well. We wasted two <laughs> decades Many, many, we ruined hundreds of thousands of soldiers' lives. Right. Um, we, we wasted trillions of dollars and we're trying to convert it into the 51st state when the average IQ in Afghanistan is 68. What are we, idiots? Yeah. Um, so, you know, th- th- this is the new Afghanistan is what Ukraine is. And, of course, now, we, hey, let's send weapons to Israel. Let's send weapons to Tehran. Let's keep that scam going. And, of course, every government program has scams connected to it and the federal government is spending six trillion dollars a year that's lots of scams yeah and yeah, see, the federal government think, you know all they've got you, a lot of cronies depending on the scams being uninterrupted hence the fetishization of not shutting down the government really now your the name of your organization is less government i think our government is too big and uh, if you just think about it every time congress is in session the government expands 
So yeah. we're in the situation we're in is because of government action, not inaction. Seems to me that you have a great idea is that let's just take a break a little bit from government uh, involvement. And let's see if we can't uh, live without the, all the things that are being created right and, now. And by the way, that's another reason why they fetishize <clears throat> Because if we do actually shut down for a while, I mean, an extended period of time, people are going to realize, oh, we don't need them. Right. And that's what they don't want, is they don't want the average person to go, hey, I don't miss this at all. And that's why when there have been brief shutdowns in the past, you get all these, this avalanche of news stories of all these horrible things that are happening <laughs> yeah. because the government's not being funded. And, you know, like, oh, the national parks are closed. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, why doesn't, you know, that national park's in three states. Why don't, why don't, why don't those three states get together and fund the, the, the guys in the, short, the khaki shorts and the boots? Um, wh why is that a federal prerogative? I don't understand that. You know, Grand Canyon's in Arizona. Have Arizona freaking funded. Why are, we, why are we funding it? Yeah. I think it's in Arizona. I've been to it, and I don't remember what state it's in. Yeah. But anyway, it, it's like the highway system. I-95 goes from Maine to Florida. Why is Kansas paying for it? Uh, you, you know, that doesn't make any sense. Have those states get together with their governors and their governments and fund the interstate highway, the, the, the interstate highway that goes through their states and leave Kansas and uh, Hawaii out of it. Uh, if I were Hawaii, I would be pissed. I'm like, why am I paying for the interstate highway system? All right. I'm an island in the middle of the Pacific. Yeah. Leave us alone. Yeah. Um, it's, like, it's, like, it's like my entire life's paying property taxes. I never had any kids who never went to school. Can so, I opt out of the property taxes that I'm paying? My eight thousand dollars a year I was paying in Texas no. because I don't uh, I don't avail myself of the school, terrible schools you, you guys are running. Um, so yeah, so I, I think that's the other side of the coin is people are going to go. Oh, I don't miss this at all. <laughs> this, so the ninth and tenth amendments. Six trillion dollars a year, and my life got got no worse when it shut down, and probably got better in some ways. Right. So the, the, I mean, the the founding fathers, the Bill of Rights, the Ninth and Tenth Amendment, basically says that the uh, government, federal government, operates at the uh, convenience right. of the well, no, uh, what, of the what, states. What the Ninth and Tenth say is, we've expressly enumerated what the federal government's supposed to do in one through uh, amendments one through eight. Right. Ninth and Tenth say, if we didn't mention it, it doesn't belong in Washington, in the Capitol. Right. It wasn't the, the Capitol was Philadelphia back then, but. If, the, if we don't expressly empower the federal government to do it, you know, previously in this document, the Ninth and Tenth Amendments say the federal government isn't supposed to do it. It belongs to the states and the people. Like I said, hey, you have a highway from Maine to Florida, have Maine, Maine through Florida funded. Leave Kansas out of it. Leave Hawaii out of it. Um, if, if you've got a national park in your state with two other states, have, the, have your three states get together and fund it. Leave everybody else out of it. Etc. 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 Let me ask you a point. Let me ask you a pointy question. Uh, when's the last time you went to a federal park? Uh, let's. Well, I think I drove. I, well, I tried to drive into uh, Shenandoah uh, when I was living in Maryland, and that was ten years ago, uh -huh. give or take. And when I got to the first point, when they wanted money from me. Because remember, I'm paying for this anyway. Why am I also paying at the door? Yeah. I turn, the dog and I turn around and left. Yeah. <laughs> My point being is that yes. these things... Nobody are, go, yeah, nobody goes. No. And again, I wouldn't, mind, I wouldn't mind paying at the gate if there was no... There were probably three or four federal agencies, all of which fund 
the national park system. Look, either charge me in taxes or charge me at the door. You can't do both. Yeah. Um, and of course, I prefer paying if when and if I go. Yeah. Um, it's like, I always I always say this too. Remember when the point of cable television was to not have commercials? Yeah. It was called pay TV, so we wouldn't have to watch commercials. Everybody's double dipping all over the place, and it's it's always out of our wallets. and I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you again. Uh, go to lessgovernment.org and uh, visit Less Government on Facebook. See, thank you so much for joining us here in the show. Thank you very much, sir. My pleasure, indeed. All right, we got more here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. you have questions about your retirement, Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help. With the exclusive Confident Retirement Approach, you'll work together to develop a retirement roadmap to get you where you want to go. Call Nardella Financial Group today at 239-325-1041. That's 239-325-1041. Office is located at 9015 Stratistel Court, Suite 103, Naples, Florida. The confident retirement approach is not a guarantee of future financial results. Investment advisory products and services are made available through Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Linda and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate Courtyard Garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean Dining Room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit blueprovencenaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's blueprovencenaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. I proudly serve on their board. They get the politics. They know the policy. They help prepare elected officials to serve in office successfully. And you can find out more by visiting the very robust website, thefga.org. We have with us my lovely wife, Linda, uh, who is so well informed of what's happening around the world and right here on the Paradise Coast. Linda, thanks so much for joining us. Good morning. We've had a full weekend of football. Yes, we certainly have. It's some great games yesterday. We missed the one last night. That was great. But I'm so glad we watched that Rose Bowl game because that was one of the most exciting games ever. Indeed. And somehow, so we are, I think about two-thirds of the way through the game, we're going to say, you know what? Alabama's going to win this game. But they didn't. Michigan had other ideas. They had that other was other just things. an amazing finish in overtime, nonetheless. Say, we watched an interesting episode with Tucker Carlson of, of with 
What's his Jordan name? Belfort, sure. The Wolf of Wall Street. Now, I don't know what your previous opinions might be of this guy, but it was an hour interview and it was one of the most interesting exchanges I've seen ever. And one of the reasons is because not only is the information about investing so so really poignant and important, but this guy is he has redeemed himself substantially and he's actually turned his life around. He's a recovered dirtbag. Fraudster. He's a recovered fraudster and dirtbag. And his little stint in prison, um, he learned how to write. Now he's on his second book. Um, and and he's he's pretty amazing. He's he's come around. He's seen the error of his ways and is out to help people now. But you're right. That interview was I, – I could have listened to another hour of him. I, th- I think you can go to TuckerCarlson.com, if I'm not mistaken, to uh, – to at least locate that. We subscribe to T- Tucker Carlson's network, uh, $72 a year. It's worth every penny. But if you don't, don't want to do that or for whatever reason. You can't get it on TuckerCarlson.com. You have to subscribe or know someone who subscribes so they can send it to you. And until they figure out that that can't happen anymore. I thought there was a paywall up um, for me to send it to other people, and right now there's not. Uh-huh. So... Um, if you want the interview, you can contact us. We can send it to you. However, that may not last. Because quite frankly, I think we've already had the $72 That's great. Paid, paid for because the interviews are so amazing. And oh, by the way, he's going to be interviewing Jeffrey Epstein's brother coming up. He did a tease on that. I'm waiting for two things. I'm waiting for more on Julius, Julian Assange, yeah. and I'm now I'm waiting for Mark Epstein, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. And while we're waiting, I'll tell you what, all the interviews that he does are really poignant and interesting. It's always a uh, re- revelation of new information. I think what he says is, you know, the, uh, the, the uh, paid news, mainstream media tends to put news out that is a kind of a shiny object. It really prevents people from understanding what's really going on. Right. Well, they're trying to hide everything. The mainstream media is totally corrupt, and that's why. Oh, by the way, I get my news from anything, any place else but the mainstream media. Yeah, it's um, pretty amazing. Hey, uh, not to change the subject, but I'm going to just briefly. Isn't it interesting what's going on at Harvard about that president of Harvard, and and she's just hoping that this. Um, uh, plagiarism stuff will go away, yet they keep finding more and more and more. And now it's discovered that the Harvard board has has um, squashed whistleblowers about all her nefarious activities. It's very interesting. And now students are coming out and asking for a reservation because of plagiarism and uh, what she's done. And, and, you mean and, resignation? Yeah, her resignation. What did I say? Reservation. Res- oh, Resignation because of plagiarism and, of course, anti-Semitism or lack of support of uh, Jewish people. So uh, <clears throat> she's on the ropes, and I have a feeling that this is going to end badly for her. Yeah, but you know what she's going to do? She's going to use her gender and and race to say, you can't do that because I'm a black woman, and, and well, you're discriminating. The re- response to that is the day of affirmative action is over. I, I would you're bring, fired. I would bring up Dr. Carol Swain in like five seconds for that argument. Absolutely. Because she could, because, because uh, what uh, President Gay has plagiarized is a lot of Carol Swain's work. And if you don't know who Carol, Dr. Carol Swain is, she is one smart cookie. She's a, a great woman. Great commentator. Uh, everything she writes is really. I think she she uh, became a Christian in her forties, if I'm not mistaken. She did, and you know what? She should be president of Harvard. <clears throat> no that question. Would, that would be a good uh, <clears throat> substitution in my book. 
Um, so anyway, so uh, that whole thing just surfaced. All these people who are big donors, these hedge fund people who are big donors to Harvard are just speaking out going, what the heck is going on there? We need some accountability from not only uh, the president, but the entire board who is trying to hide all this stuff that's that I guess president the Board of Regents, I don't know what they call themselves, but they should also be let out the door, too, because some standing up and supporting her makes absolutely no sense. You know, plagiarism, it's a, that's one of the carnal sins of uh, academia. You can't Why steal somebody you? else's work. Just and, ask Joe Biden. Yeah. Look where it got him. <laughs> got him to be president. I know. Yeah. But he's uh, but who would who in their right mind would do it and then after you get caught at it by about 60 times why wouldn't you just like excuse me but I think I need to go in back into private life. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's very interesting It'll, what this week is going to be uh kind of interesting not only for that but because uh Jeffrey Epstein's little list of associates is coming out. And uh, Tucker Carlson wants to interview um, Jeffrey Epstein's brother. So people are people who are close to that situation, who were riding on Jeffrey Epstein's plane, are scurrying around trying to change the subject. So maybe maybe you can explain this. And uh, apparently, it's people who his associates, and not necessarily his patrons or customers. We don't know what the description of associates is yet. We will when that list comes out. Well, apparently they're starting to highlight, uh, highlight Bill Clinton a lot <laughs> as uh, customer number 36. I've forgotten what the language is. But John Doe 36. John Doe 36. Thank you for that. So apparently uh, we're going to see his name a lot on the list. And oh, by the way, did you know that Hillary Clinton um, uh, eliminated any comments on her Twitter site? I wonder why. I wonder why. Yeah. That because they're going to be voluminous in sh very short order. It's going yeah. to be an interesting week. Um, it'll, it'll be interesting, too, to see what the Supreme Court comes up with as far as uh, um, the, the Colorado uh, Supreme Court ruling about the Trumpster. I wonder if Maine will come up. This, that is well, that, she's just... Can you imagine an unelected uh, official uh, actually make, declaring that he's ineligible to be on the ballot? Where... Where's the whole process for accountability well, and, and uh, the people making decisions about who their president's going to be? And, 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 oh, by the way, I mean, the Democrats are getting caught up in all this. They're just getting revealed every which way to Sunday. Oh, by the way, let's talk about Sam Bankman-Fried for just a second. All of a sudden, the Justice Department decided not to, in, not to um, take him to court about uh, campaign financing because he's been donating to, to all these... Democrats for all this time. And, Maxine uh, they, Waters. They don't Kevin. want to expose all that. So the consequence is right. we're, we're not going to we're not going to hold him accountable, and that, this information is not going to come out, and uh, we're going to sweep it under the rug. The Justice Department has been so weaponized and politicized; it's just so disappointing. It's so disappointing. We need some accountability, and you know the comment that you got from one of your um, guests who used to be on Capitol Hill saying we've got the best government that money can buy is coming to be a truism more and more each day. Absolutely. Linda, I just always appreciate your commentary on the show. Thank you so much for joining Welcome. us. Welcome. All right. Well, that's a wrap here on today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did. We've got great guests for tomorrow, including Bob Levy, the chairman emeritus of the Cato Institute, and Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Appreciate you listening to the show, and if you enjoyed, I hope you pass the word on to your friends. That's one of the ways we support our advertisers. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are, 
Namaste. Thanks so much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>